This is George. This is Donna. And this is currently with George George and Donna. Donna. Uh, 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 Last (laughs) episode, we talked about Improvident. No, we talked about movies. We did, but we ended the show talking about improv. I listened to our show. Oh, okay. I know what we talk about and what we don't. What the... Well, it was about movies, but at the end we said something about improv. Yes, Yes. and we played a little game. In a world where things happen and things, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Listen to the last episode, babies. Don't 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 put don't put George (laughs) up on on the spot, okay? Don't put him on the spot, babies. Don't put me on the spot. It it doesn't end well for anyone. Um, babies, don't put George in a corner. (laughs) <laughs> I like that So uh, we're going to talk about improv this episode And uh, tell me a little, about, a little bit about your history with improv Will do um, So I have always loved, 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 loved With all my little his art, comedy Ever since I was a little girl I knew like uh, comedy was like something special I could pinpoint um, something about people on stage or in a movie making other people laugh was just, it was a draw. I can't explain it. I just loved it. Mm. So first, I would have to say that I was drawn to sketch comedy, specifically Saturday Night Live. Um, I remember that my mom and dad would not let me and my sister watch Saturday Night Live. Obvious reasons, looking back now, it's kind of edgy. Um... But when we would go to my Aunt Libby's house, my Aunt Libby would let us watch Saturday Night Live if we slept over there on a Saturday. So that was always really fun. So me and my sister kind of grew up quoting Saturday Night Live, like all the classic sketches like uh, Church Lady, like, but isn't that special? Or I want to pump you up, Uh, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, So I really like sketch comedy and I really used to love stand-up comedians. Another thing that my mama probably don't know, but um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I saw Eddie Murphy's stand-up comedy, like Eddie Murphy Raw and Eddie Murphy Delirious. Probably a, too young of an age. In my teens, I wouldn't say too, too young of an age. I hope she hears this and comes and gives you the and spanking. Slaps <laughs> my face. <laughs> and again, that kind of slap where she puts her hand up. She puts her right hand up. And I'm like squinting with my eyes, and then her left hand comes out of nowhere and slaps the other side of my face. When, when, uh, when as she's putting her right hand down, and I'm easing up with my yeah, eyes squint. Yeah, like she's not gonna hit you because she decided against it. You're a grown up woman. <laughs> then she just slaps you with the left. She hand. She slaps the heck out of me with that left hand. I love that move. I can't wait to use that move one day. Don't like use it. it on me. <laughs> I can't wait to slap you. <laughs> That's not so horrible. I'm laughing because that would be your last day on earth. You know this clip would be used, just this clip. Yeah. They don't hear the laughing. Like no, if they ever don't hear the anything video, else. They just hear like, I'm just going to slap you. <laughs> and they play that over and over, over, and over. on Dateline when they're trying to find out who my real killer was over and over They had the perfect life. <laughs> They recorded a podcast. <laughs> Let us play a clip for you. I'll slap you. You might remember their podcast. They called everybody babies. <laughs> they were enjoying life. Then one day you heard this. I'm going to slap your face. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, Donna turned up with a toe tag. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> I got nothing. Even if it wasn't me, I'd be like, it was me, y'all. <laughs> it was me because you guys convinced me I did it. Yeah, they convinced you. They kept you. They uh, just keep playing. Almost left you. <laughs> They keep questioning you for 24 hours straight like Brendan Dassey. And scene. And scene. And that was improv. And that's improv. That's improv, you guys. We just improv that whole (laughs) scene for you. Anyway, getting back to the real deal. Um, So I've always been super interested in comedy in all forms. If you listened to the last episode, you know my favorite movie ever is Clue. Love Slapstick. My second favorite movie is Raising Arizona. I love dry um, dark comedy is any kind of comedy, really love it. Love British comedy. Not a lot of people like British humor. I love it. I think the dryness of it, yeah. and the subtlety of it, the is just the funniest thing is ever. What, what gets to me about yes. British humor? There's a lot of deadpan. Yeah. So everything comedy. So um, knowing that about myself, I when I moved to New York City after uh, a national tragedy, Hurricane Katrina, which we've talked about previously. Um, girl, I wasn't going to let that get me down. Um, I still want to live, laugh, and and have fun. So I was always looking for, like, little shows for me and George and me and my family to go to, like, going to see tapings of, like, Jimmy Fallon or, um, SNL. Oh, uh, I should make... Did we go to Conan? We did, yeah. Yeah, Conan. Uh, Conan O'Brien. I should make a whole... I should have Anne-Marie on as a guest uh, one day and talk about... We got to see Saturday Night Live taped in person, y'all. She won the lottery. She won the ticket lottery, which is crazy. But um, And she chose you. And she chose me to go because, hello, I love it too much. And I don't know what would have happened to our friendship if she wouldn't have chose me. (laughs) Just kidding. Love you, Anne. Um, But so, yeah. So I got to New York, and I'm like, I'm here, baby. I'm here. Like, I'm in it. I'm in it. So I need to look into some improv classes. So, of course, anybody who knows anything about improv knows that Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB Theater, was started in New York City. Um, One of the founders was Amy Poehler, who you know and love from SNL and Parks and Recreation, um, a couple of other founders, they started it based off of the Del Close model of improv comedy. Um, it's got a little formula to it. I won't deep, like dive deep into it right now, but it's like A, B, C scenes. Like you have an A scene and you do that, you see that through and then you have a B scene and then you go back to your A scene or whatever. It's a, it's a little bit, um, involved, but it's called the Herald, that's the name of the form. Mm. And from what I understand, the reason why they named it the Herald is because way back in 1950-something, they went to perform this brand new type of improv comedy that they came up... Not Amy Poehler. She's not that old. But Del Close, um, the guy who, who originally came up with it. Um, they went to perform it somewhere... And they got the biggest crowd reaction. They got so many laughs off of doing this sort of formulaic improv comedy that they were in the van on the way back to their house or wherever. 
and they were just reeling from the high of so many laughs. And they said, we got something here. Like, what are we going to, what are we going to name it? And one of the guys was like, let's name it Harold. Mm. So he came up with like a real person's name yeah, which is for genius. the style of improv. So they, it's the hair. It's still to this day called the Harold. You can look it up. It's a form of comedy, improv comedy. Um, it's formulaic, like I said, but, um, you know, so I went in New York for a couple of classes. I, I passed a couple of improv classes there. Funny story, one of the classes, um, I was going to be taught by, uh, can you smell that pepper? Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> but funny. he got on to SNL. So. Like shortly before that. So I had a different teacher for my second, for my 201 class. But could you nice. imagine if I would have got that taught by Bobby Moynihan? But anyway, so long story short, George and I. For the third time. For the third time. I see that a lot. I say long story short or like. Yeah, that's when I know is eh, eh, yeah, I'm going to be here for a couple hours. You're going to be here forever. <laughs> this podcast going to be three hours, 52 minutes in. And I'm going to be like, long story short. I was like, how um, much is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> is this free? Because it feels like people should be paying for this. They pay you for the mega bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for reals, though, uh, came down to New Orleans and was like, ah, I miss it. That's a passion. So I found a little place yeah. and started taking classes And again. I know you were debating because you had to pay for it, but I knew it would make you happy. I was like, let's do it. Yeah. You guys, it was a little expensive. At, for us at the time. For us at that time. Yeah. Because I, I was still in, uh, was yeah. I still in college? I think, or just graduated or just got my PhD, I think. Well, I had just quit school because I don't play. You got the joke wrong. I know. Okay. The joke is that George... Quit school, school because, because of, of recess. recess. Because he don't, don't play. End scene. End that was scene. all improv for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can kind of use improv as, <laughs> as a way yeah. to get out of stupidity. Yeah, if you just mess up. You could be in there with your tax auditor, and he's like, well, you didn't <laughs> submit. And you'd be like, well, because here it is in my back pocket to give to you now. I didn't do it before because of improv. In uh, I was just improving that scene. I was improving keeping this receipt. So from you. let me ask you a question. You've been doing improv for a little bit. Some movies that we watch has some of our really favorite comedians, Will Ferrell, and um, gosh, what's his name from the Gemstones? Um, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. You can can you tell because I'm starting to notice a little bit uh, uh, a Tim Robinson show on Netflix. You have to see. I think you should leave. Oh my gosh! The show the, is, the name of the show is. is I, think I think you, you should, should leave, leave now, and you should watch this show because it is so awkward. But you can tell on the show that that his mannerism and the things that he does. The actors around him are trying to Try not keep to it laugh. together because it's it's written it's it's um it's a sketch sketch, kind of but he I don't know if it's just his characteristic or if he just improvs on the scene. Well, Tim Robinson, the guy who who runs and writes the show, I think you should leave now, was a Saturday Night Live writer. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was on Saturday Night for Live for like one season or yeah, half a season. Yeah, and I remember seeing him and I remember thinking he was funny, awkward funny. Yes. So, y'all, okay, anybody who knows George well enough knows George loves 
an awkward situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most people, if you are a normal, non-psychopathic human being, you run from an awkward situation. We all do it. You, like you, you knock over something in the grocery store. You're like, oh my gosh, it's so awkward. You got to pick it up. You hate it, right? Or like you forget somebody's name. Oh my goodness, this is so awkward. I hate it. Just whatever, whatever the awkward situations are in your life, 9.9 out of 10 people, wait, I'm not trying to say there's a 0.9 person out there. <laughs> Nine out of 10 people. He's just a little bit shorter than everybody. Yes. Nine people in a very short person will agree. We don't like to feel awkward. George, on the other hand, loves it, thrives on it. Um, I wouldn't say thrives on it. What? Or plan it. Are you kidding me? How do I thrive and plan on it? Because sometimes you're like, hey, when I see this person, I'm going to be like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself already like, oh, that's going to be so awkward. (laughs) Okay. You do plan some things like that. I guess, yeah. You're right. Uh, Not because he's trying to uh, make fun or, or, or belittle anybody. It's never like that. But it's always just like... I think it's the practical joker. Yes, enemy. he's a practical yes, joker. That is an awkward situation. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, okay. he 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 thrives on that weird, awkward silence where you can so hear a bird chirp. Oh, or or I was playing. Well, I don't know if this is awkwardness, but we were playing the game that your friend and uh, family invented, and they had metal coins, and I keep running them in my finger like and smashing them so you hear a lot of clinking Mm -hmm. and i keep doing it louder and louder and louder and i'm looking around the room to see who is it annoying that is not (laughs) saying something perfect example (laughs) like why do you want to do that to people but i'm just looking around like somebody because i want to see that tick of like I'm going to be socially okay and just going to ignore George because he's doing something. Man, those coins are really aggravating me. And I just keep going louder and louder up until one point where I get make obvious. And it's typically to you who I want to make like a little bit annoyed. I don't know why. And I'm staring you down. It's my lot in life. I could just like see you kind of like, don't look at George and slap him across the face. (laughs) Don't embarrass him in front of these people. I'm just looking at you and clinking these coins. And then your friend flips the hell out. Like, are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> like, it reached a boiling point for her. And then finally, I'm like, oh, I was trying to know her, but I got you. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 99% of George's life is trying to annoy me. 99% of the time, it works every time. 99% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so George loves an awkward situation. And so this show, I think you should leave now, is just a bunch of sketch comedy around awkward people awkward situations that's why george loves the show so Uh, much it is just from the first scene from the first scene he sets the whole tone (laughs) and it's i can see that and understand that and and uh, his ridiculousness but i highly recommend raving about the show um i think that look awkwardness is a double-edged sword okay it'll bite you it'll bite you back real hard Mm-hmm. I've had situations where, yeah. Name one. Um, where I, the Sarah situation, I always tell you. Oh, tell us about it. <laughs> oh, wait. Is this awkward for you? Oh, oh, oh you, you oh, don't want to. that. End scene. No. We just didn't. No, we're no? not end scene. I want you to feel awkward. You want to tell us about an awkward situation that didn't feel too good for you? Yeah. Go so ahead. the situation is 
my nephew's girlfriend was uh, playing board games at our house, and um, she did something irregular during the game. I don't even remember what it was, but um, she gets <laughs> up and leaves to go to the restroom, and I make, like, I say something funny about it. You know, like, don't forget to make that move again, Sarah, you know? And uh, your nephew, our nephew, because uh, he's mine now, too, because we're married. He was mine first. Uh, he kind of doesn't find it funny. And I like him a lot, and I like, I get along with him very much, and we talk a, a lot And um, when he comes over. And so um, it kind of made me feel a little bit bad that he he didn't laugh with everybody else. It wasn't a common joke. like Yeah, so, so whatever it was, he was kind of like, oh, well that, Sarah's not going to like that. That's not cool. But yeah. she wasn't there. She was in the bathroom. She was in the bathroom. So she comes back from the bathroom, um, and I have a, a little bit of a guilt feeling but i'm very confident in that if i explain it to her mm-hmm. she'll get it she'll laugh and and i don't have to feel bad yeah what the rest of us might call awkward nervous energy <laughs> is what you are feeling okay so she so comes back explain and then yourself. and then i begin to explain to her what i said I Which, said, again, she has no idea, idea any of this took place. So George is now trying to tell her what took place while she wasn't there. Okay. So I tell her, uh, but kind of like, like, hey, funny thing. You know how, like, you forgot this thing about the game? Well, when you went to the bathroom, like, I told, like, we all, it came up in some sort of way. And we said it. And um, so I kind of lightheartedly said this. And I'm thinking, if she knows me. She'll laugh too. But he was She'll forgetting. Get the joke. He was forgetting one major <laughs> plot point. Sarah doesn't know him that well. They live in Tennessee, so she's not going to just know him and get his joke. She gave him a death stare. She gave me a death stare because she didn't laugh with me. No. So, so the she first thing that I care. thought was going to happen didn't. A. Happen. She didn't care for the joke that you were trying to explain, and B. She didn't care for your explanation. No. So, so then. Uh, I kind of look to you, and you're just giving me, like, this shaking look, like, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Stop talking. And so I doubled down. I said, Ugh. oh, you know what it was? I didn't explain it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to explain it again. So I start from the beginning, and at this point, she is looking around the room nervously, and nobody's making eye contact with her. So she I'm can't kicking, find somebody. I'm kicking George. I for sure know that George still. Oh, has that a- wasn't kicks of keep going. No, <laughs> I, I know George has a bad knee today as we speak for me kicking him five years ago to tell him just stop talking. And then and then I I break into the sweat like a little sweat. Yeah. And then uh, eventually I give up on it and I said like let's just and the rest of the night wasn't the same. No, it was, it was just- not the same. George ruined the entire night. So at the end of the night, I was like, you know those little awkward <laughs> situations that you get thrills out of causing? You Well, you, you sir, just had your first real one. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It, it didn't feel good. It feels like a cold sweat. Yeah, it's a cold sweat. You don't know. You're like standing on really mushy ground yes. is what it feels like. It's like, is, are they going to get you? Are they not? And I'm not explaining to myself. But the doubling down was a mistake. Yeah. So anyway, improv. <laughs> improv. Uh, um, um, it has a little bit to do with awkward situations. Yeah. What I love about improv, I've seen a bunch of your shows 
Um, I oh, did one well, of the first classes with you here in New Orleans. Yeah, the, the introductory. So class. I should say that, like, okay, so I got I, I got interested again in, in New Orleans, and there was this local place that was doing improv classes. So I asked George, "Would you come with me?" There's like a free um, one night, couple hour, like first timers thing. Come and see if if I like it. He said, "Yeah." He came with me. We had a lot of fun. So I ended up signing up for the classes. Yeah. Um. I got, there was five levels of classes. I got all the way through. Each one was like eight or nine weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I paid all this money, spent all this time going to these levels, got to the very end, and then there was a little bit of a, a shakeup. Um, to, in the organization. In the organization with some, um, I'm just going to say, Me Too movement level stuff. Mm. Uh, I think that lets you know what happened. Um, so I stopped right before I graduated. Uh, literally, we were about to have our graduation show, our mm. last show. Mm. And the week before we had it, they had a town hall and there was like a big shakeup. So my troop never officially graduated, but we stuck together. Now, we're not going to talk about the, the town hall bit. No. But when uh, lesson learned, town halls are not good. It seems that town halls are not a good thing. It's not like uh, nothing. Whoever makes it a point to go to that town hall because they got to say something, mm-hmm. it's bad news. No. They're not on your side. So I've, I've heard like, you know, Facebook has had town halls with this committee or like uh, neighborhoods have town hall meetings where they discuss mm-hmm. an issue. And it's, Whoever's there is not going to be like, I agree with you and everything you're doing is right. Right. It's so misleading because when I hear town hall, I immediately think of like Pollyanna or like some... Pollyanna, tur- what's that? Oh, we got to watch that movie then if you've never seen it. Some turn of the century, like everybody brings a home baked pie and we sit around and talk about, do we need a new horse stable? Or like... um. Who's going to teach these kids Sunday school now that Mrs. So-and-so is on maternity leave? I think of that kind of thing, like a town hall, like the town needs oh, to come together, coming together. Right. come together to, to accomplish to something. Follow. Yeah, like 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 Mrs. Jones just had her third baby, and we got all these kids needing to be taught Sunday school, and so who's going to do it? Like, that's what I think of when I think town hall. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, like, but nowadays... Nowadays, it's like we're having a town hall to discuss what happened with that uh, with um, Mr. Roberts stealing away with four billion dollars worth of company funds. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and there's going to be that person that like you'll you give the speech um, about what the issue is and then you do the fateful questions like does anybody have any questions or comments mm-hmm. and then and that fir- one hand at first nobody wants to yeah. say anything but then there's that one that breaks the seal yeah and does it and like all heck breaks yeah. loose and then it's like if they did it because the first one's always like the most aggressive one too it's like nobody has anything to say and it's like all right well if nobody well i have one and it's like <laughs> who's gonna answer for all these rapes <laughs> You know, <laughs> like goes from zero <gasps> Damn. to it goes from zero to six thousand. It's like what? What? What's been going on in the town? What? There's, <laughs> but there's been zero rapes in the town. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> 
He's not saying specific area. Right, yeah. He's saying, like, like in some remote location. Yeah, so nobody's got a question. And all of he just went into hot. <laughs> just came in real hot. <laughs> and they're like... It's the most wholesome like, town in America. They're like, what rapes? They're like, well, none of them's happened yet. But if we open that new Piggly Wiggly, there's going to be a whole bunch of them that happens. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, town halls are never good. Well, no. anyway. All that to end scene. All in scene. That was just improv, y'all. All that to say that. Um, if that offended you, don't worry. It was improv. <laughs> We're going to discuss it at our currently town hall next week, Wednesday, down the road. Okay? Just it, come. We'll be there. <laughs> anywho. Um, so, yeah. So, so, since then, I've been in a. Um, comedy troupe that formed after I took classes, and we've been doing some shows around town. Um, we've developed a brand new form, because that's something you can do in improv comedy, is develop your own form. Yeah. Um, so we developed one that's kind of like, uh, it kind of, it's kind of like a close quarters type of thing where, if you, say if you start a scene in a bank, well, every scene after that's going to be somewhere close quarters to the bank. So maybe it's going to be in the vault mm-hmm. or maybe in the lobby between two customers talking or maybe right outside the bank in the drive through or, you know, it's going to be really close to the bank um, or in the bank. So every scene is going to be based off of something to do with the bank, for example. Um, so we've been having a lot of fun with it. We didn't think it was that uh, innovative of an idea or that tough of an idea but everybody who comes to see us is like oh my goodness like we don't know how you guys piece together these ideas that you come up with i I gotta say from a spectator um of watching so many of the shows what i love about it is first the callbacks is always fun if it's done in a slight in a really good way. Something that happened early on comes back later on. Yeah, a callback is um, something that happens as a joke in some way, shape, or form, and then uh, maybe a couple scenes later you reference that same yeah. situation. Yeah. It's called a callback. I don't know. People love that. We love. I love that. It's just yeah. really funny. And then that every show's so different. Every yeah. show is so different. Um, we we uh, I travel a, a good bit for my work. Um, like every other month or so, not not overly. Well, last year, you guys heard our podcast about last year. Yeah, it was tra- crazy traveling. Crazy. This year hasn't been as bad. It hasn't been as bad. And so when we go to certain cities, we try to visit the improv center of that city. One of them was uh, I have to say my favorite was IO Theater in Chicago. And when I went, they did the whole thing is like, hey, who had an interesting day? You know, and nobody. Raises their hand, except this ham right here. He's my big old honey baked ham. So, um, I get up and they're like, "So, what did you? Do? What was the first thing you did today?" So it started off. I was just like, "Oh, I got up and ironed my uh, shirt for work," and I could tell they were like, "Oh, dang, we're, we're, we got a dud. We got a dud." <laughs> and they're I'm, they're immediately thinking, "How can we have him sit down 
and ask somebody else. I'm sure they have a backup to that. They probably ask you a few questions, say thank you. Okay, next person up. No, there. I, th- I felt like their method was to pull it out of you, oh. pull something interesting okay, okay. out of you. And then I tell them about my day, and and um, it's it's a little bit more interesting because I sell paintings and and by well known artists and and uh, big jewelry pieces. And I deal with wealthy people that buy things that are ridiculously expensive, and so. They really start digging into that, and and the I can sense then the energy level goes up because it's just like what is going on, you know? And yeah. Then they, so so George mentions like, oh, I got up, I ironed my shirt. Oh, what'd you do then? <laughs> well, I went over to the uh, conference hall that I'm working in. Oh, really? Well, what you know? What were you doing there? Oh, working a show. Well, what do you sell at the show? Oh, Monet's and Renoir's. <laughs> and they were like, wait a tick. <laughs> All right, we got something here. So then they yeah. started asking George more questions yeah. about, like, do people really buy Monet's from you? Yeah, like, shit up. Yeah. yeah. And so um, then they uh, they made this improv show that I'll never see again. I didn't record, but I remember it being a great experience where they kind of walked through my day or morning. Yeah, they made a whole show improv based show. off of George's day in the life of his work. I'll never forget that. It and it was, was like so fever fun. dreams fever about dream. selling yeah. amulets. Amulets and antique <laughs> pieces and like the amulet. And yeah. then Picasso was like a mummy or something. It was yeah. just really funny. So I, I think that's one of the really things that I love about uh, improv. Yeah. As an improvisation... Actor. Uh, comedian? Comedian. Um, I would say... Okay, this might shock some people because it might sound counterintuitive, but I would be scared to death to have a written piece and go up and perform it like your stand-up comedians do or your sketch comedy people. If something's written out ahead of time or if I have to memorize something, I would be so frightened to get up, get it right. Because the number one thing in comedy is timing. And if you forget something or you don't get it quite right, it's going to mess it up. Um, I would be scared. But improv gives me the freedom to just be funny in the moment with something brand new every time. And that might sound counterintuitive to people because some people I talk to are like, I can never think of something funny to say in a minute. Like, I could never be quick to say something. But to me, the opposite scares me. Like, having something written down to say is like, ooh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I think Um, delivery, um, there's something, uh, sometimes when I record videos and things like that for my job, the written stuff, the the scripted stuff is doesn't feel as natural to me. Right. And I mean that's why there's actors, you know. And right. But you know, even if I wrote it all, mm. even if it was my jokes, like a stand-up comic, and I wrote it hours upon hours of material, it would still scare me to get up there and get it right. Mm. So there's something freeing about improv comedy to me. That's just like, well, I could just go ahead and say this thing, and either it's going to land or it's not. Mm. <laughs> and believe me, I've heard crickets before. Something I've said things that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just hit my brain, fresh off the press, coming out of my mouth, going to kill, everybody's going to laugh, and then I say it, and you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And then there's some things where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to tell you this thing. And then, like, I say it, and it's like, blah, blah, blah. Like the audience is like, what did she just say? That's what so is- funny. 
Like, really? That? That? All I said was pass the mayonnaise. <laughs> the audience is going nuts. You hit a nerve sometimes with people that's just like <laughs> pass the mayonnaise. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I love about improv. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um this is our episode on improv. We should definitely discuss it more. I think it's a fun topic yeah, in the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh end scene. End scene. Babies, thank you for joining us. Yes, and babies, thank you for joining us. They don't get the yes, and. Oh, they don't get Oh, there's an improv thing. Let me explain real quick. Yeah. There's an improv thing. Uh, it's a rule of thumb that you always yes, and someone. And um, their idea. So they come on stage, they say something, and then you go yes, and. Instead of like, right. no, I don't want to do that. Because it's like a rule of thumb that like, if you say no to something, you kill the scene. Mm, it it, it mm, almost like 99% of the time, if you say no to an idea, you kill the scene. So, the so, rule, so if I walked on stage and I was like, get your water balloons here, fill up all these water balloons. And I go, no, you're not holding water balloons. You're holding babies. And I'd be like, what? Uh, what? Uh, get so your just, babies here. Yeah, so I just, like, <laughs> killed the visual that the audience was in the process gotcha, of yeah. making for themselves, and I killed the idea that my scene partner had. Like, if you say no and add your own thing, you kind of kill. So you're always supposed to say yes and and build on, like, yes, I'll take a water balloon, and I'll also take some cotton candy. Okay, that's in my other truck. Mm-hmm. So you always build on what you're doing. So anyway, you got a little improv lesson. That scene was straight up from George and Donna's currently improv show. <laughs> Coming to you next week, guys. I hope you're able to join us at the improv show we're hosting at uh, this uh, the theater. You know the theater. And so just yes. meet us there yes. at 12 and o'clock Yes, PM. and it's at 12 o'clock p.m. PM. Uh, so if you can make it on your lunch break, um, uh, that's twelve o'clock PM, July twenty first, nineteen ninety seven. Cool. Be there, be square. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you, babies. Thank you for listening. Bye, babies. Have a great night. Bye now. Bye now. Bye now.